0: Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. No matter where you're streaming from, I want to say good morning to you. I am excited to have you joining us for day nine of our 21 day word fast. And today we're talking from the subject doing your own groundwork doing your own groundwork. I know you had you're like what what are we talking about today? We're talking about restoration. We're talking about healing throughout this week. And today we got to deal with the groundwork. And groundwork is u- usually defined doing so what is necessary in early stages so that future progress is possible. Groundwork means to do certain things at early stages so that future Uh, potential of progress is possible. And we're going to talk about this today because there's some things that need to happen right now in order for us to get to the place where we say that we want to speak. We want to shift. We want to be judicious. We want to be good stewards of our words. We want to speak. We want there to be healing. We want to speak and we want to see God move. But there are certain things that must take place in order for us to arrive to that place. We're specifically And strategically in chapter 35, because we haven't arrived to chapter 37, where Ezekiel is beginning to speak to dry bones, the dry bones, he speaks, and then they come alive. The people come alive, but see, we still need groundwork. There's some things we have to do before we can get to a place where we're speaking and things are shifting and moving. And I want to talk about doing your own groundwork, not someone else's groundwork, but the groundwork that you have to do according to your own life according to your own assignment. And so I call your attention to Ezekiel chapter 35. I remind you, I remind you, even if you're streaming with us right now or you watch this at a later time, always, if you feel led, I want you to comment. I want you to subscribe. I want you to uh, follow uh, this ministry and what we're doing. And uh, if it's blessing you, let somebody else know about it. And if something speaks to you, put it in the comment section. Let me pray for you. God, we love you and we adore you. We thank you for the word that comes from on high on today. Speak to us. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts that we may receive your word. And help us to be obedient to that which you reveal to us. in Jesus' name. Amen. Ezekiel chapter 35, it takes a turn for us. Remember, groundwork is doing what is necessary at the early stages so that future progress is possible. You want to know how do I get to a point where I can speak and things shift? How can I help my shifting season? There are things that have to be done first. This is why this week we're dealing with healing and restoring broken and wounded areas. Healing and restoring broken and wounded areas. It is very important that we realize that because there's some things that we must do that Ezekiel and God both are going to reveal to us even on today. There it reads, chapter 35, verse 1. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, Set your face against Mount Seir. And he says, and I want you to prophesy against it. We can just stop there. Yeah, we, 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 we can just stop there. Let's just stop there. Ezekiel chapter 35, verse one. God comes to Ezekiel and say, Ezekiel, I want you to turn your face toward a specific mountain region. Somebody say the ground. Somebody say the soil. I want you to turn your face toward the mount, a specific mountain region, and I want you to speak to it. I want you to prophesy against it. What? I don't... Why would God tell Ezekiel, who he's teaching how to use his words... Remember, he's teaching Ezekiel how to use his words. He had him silent for 13 years, but now he's speaking on his own will and volition, and he knows how to speak now, and he says, I want you to speak to the ground, because essentially that's what he's telling him to do. I want you to prophesy against Mount Seir. No, he didn't say, I want you to prophesy against the people in Mount Seir. Yes, I'm sure they're a part of the prophecy, but he's specifically telling him, I want you to speak against the, the, the ground. I want you to speak against the soil. Why do we know this is specific? Because in chapter 34 of Ezekiel, God tells Ezekiel specifically, I want you to talk to a specific people. Those are the shepherds. The shepherds weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. This is the pastors or the leaders of the congregation. They were taking advantage of the people and God sent Ezekiel to speak specifically to a people, a specific people. But in chapter 35, he says, I don't need you to speak to a specific people, but I need you to speak to a specific place. He says, I want you to speak to Mount Seir. Turn your face toward this mountain region, toward this land, toward this soil, and I want you to talk to it. What? Somebody said, I, I, c- c- Come on, come on, help me, help me. The question you have is why? Why would God have him to speak to a mountain region? The answer, the simple answer is this, because there was ancient anger coming from the ground. If you read verse five, God says to him in verse five, he says, because you have an ancient hatred, And the blood of the children of Israel, that is Jacob, the children of Jacob have been spilled because of this land. He now tells him, I want you to speak against this land because there is ancient anger coming. Ancient anger, when you look up that word, it means anger. Eternal anger it means there is a perpetual anger coming from Mount seir, a perpetual anger there is a, this is an angry place. this soil is angry. The only way the soil can be angry is because the participants and the inhabitants who lived there was also angry. How do I know this? Just follow me.'m here to, I'm here to help you. If you read chapter Genesis chapter 36, you will discover that Esau. And Jacob they were brothers right they were twin brothers Esau was the oldest he was the one who had the birthright he was the one who was supposed to get the blessing but when he was when they were born Jacob was holding on to his heels when which meaning that he was a trickster or and even when they grew a little older Jacob stole the birthright from his brother Esau he tricked him out of it and then he stole his blessing at a later age As a result of family hurt, sibling hurt, Esau resented his brother Jacob. He hated him, he resented him, and Jacob knew so because Jacob lied to his brother, even got his mom to help to lie to the father just so they can steal from the brother. Read it for yourself. Some of our hurt, some of our greatest hurt comes from the household that we were raised in. I'm not going to talk there right now, but I want you to know that there was a resentment, there was an anger that came from the relationship, and so when you read. Chapter thirty-six, uh, verses six and eight. What happens is it says that Esau took all of his family, all of his wives, all of his 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 livestock, and everything he owned. And if you read it, it says. And he went to a country to get to leave the presence, to get away from the presence of his brother, Jacob. He resented his brother, hated his brother so much because he didn't have what he felt like he should have because his brother took it from him. And so he moved away because he needed to get away from his home. And sometimes when we're hurt real bad, we'll leave home and never come back when we when we turn 18. But he was old. He was 100 years old. He moves to this place, right? And why am I telling you this? Because if you read verse eight of chapter 36, it says, so Esau dwelt in Mount Seir. Esau's name is Edom. If you read chapter thirty three of Genesis, you will discover that Esau and Jacob they reconciled, and Jacob tried to give his brother all kinds of money because he wanted to him to forgive him, and they hugged and they cried, they wept. And then they went their separate ways. Esau went to 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 Seir and Jacob went to another place. We, they looked like they reconciled. But when Esau left, he still had unresolved emotions. He still had a hatred for his brother. He didn't like his brother, although he said everything is good. I forgive you. There was still deep. There was still anger on the deep down on the inside of him. So much so that when you read Ezekiel chapter 35 and you go to verses three and four, you will hear it. It says that God is telling Ezekiel, I'm against you. I will stretch out my hand against you and make the, your land, this entire land desolate and your city shall be desolate. And in verse five, it says, because you have an ancient anger and have shed The blood of the children of your brother by the power of the sword in their time of calamity. Just pause there. I know it's a whole lot going on. That's why I want to give you the Isaac paraphrase version. What's happening here is this. When Esau left and he moved to to Edom and he moved to Seir and Israel stayed where he, or Jacob stayed where he was, his name became Israel. So all of the Israelites are descendants of Jacob, right? And so there came a time when the Babylonians decided to take over Israel, Jacob, and all of his descendants. And you would think that the Edomites, who are the descendants of Esau, you would think that they would help their brother. The problem is, read the book of Obadiah, Obadiah, one chapter. If you read Obadiah, it's God talking to Esau and all of his descendants. The problem is this. When the Israelites, that is Jacob, when they needed their help from their brother later on in life, even after Esau died, they helped the Babylonians to take the Israelites captive. The reason why they did this was because they were taught in anger. And so there is a generational anger that is passed down because Esau never dealt with the anger he had against his brother that happened when they were children. And so he left and he taught his children how to hate. And so there is a real literal generational anger and there is bloodshed in Mount Seir because of what they did against the Israelites. But God saw everything and the land absorbed everything. The ground absorbed all of the pain. Mount Seir is an angry land. It's an angry place. Why? Because the inhabitants who were there were also angry. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna try to hurry up. This is why God tells Ezekiel to speak to the soil, speak to the ground, speak to Mount Seir, because we can't overlook the ground. The ground can't be overlooked. The place can't be overlooked. Somebody say the place, the location can't be overlooked. The place can't be overlooked. The ground, the soil cannot be overlooked. You can't overlook the soil. If you want to find healing, don't forget about the soil. Don't forget about the location. The location needs to be here. What are you talking about? Cain and Abel. Come here for a moment. Cain killed Abel in chapter four of Genesis. Cain killed his brother Abel. God comes to to Cain and says, "Where, where is your brother? Cain says, I don't know. I'm not my brother's keeper. And then God says, what have you done? He says, the voice of your brother cries out to me from the soil. The ground was burdened at the location of Cain's actions. So where Cain killed Abel, the soil absorbed the sin, the soil absorbed the pain. And so the pain was emanating from the ground. Therefore, God said, I can hear what happened From the ground because the ground is hurting, the ground has sin, the ground has offenses because you can't forget about the location on your way to 100% restoration. I'm trying to hit somebody here. All right, calm down. When we think about healing, when we think about restoration, we only think about what we have done to the person or the people. We very rarely think about what we have done to the place. When we think about healing and restoration, we'll say, "I will forgive me, I'm sorry. I repent to the person, to the people, and even our own selves. But very rarely do we think about the place. Because the place absorbs the, the, the sin, the place absorbs the offenses. What are you talking about? This is why when you see Second Chronicles chapter 7... This is what God says. If my people who are called by what? My name. If they do what? If they humble themselves and do what? If they seek my face. uh, And if they turn from their wicked ways. What does he say? He says, I will hear them from heaven. And then he says, I will forgive them their sins. But you do the text injustice if you don't keep reading. Somebody say, keep reading. He says, I will forgive them of their sins and I will heal their land. God says, I will heal the land of my people who ask for forgiveness and turn from their their wicked ways. He says, I will heal not just them, but I will heal their land. Why would God need to heal a land if it doesn't absorb sin, pain, resentment, or any offense? If it doesn't absorb anything, if it doesn't have or hold anything, why would God need to heal the land? God is saying, I need to heal the land because the land also needs healing, not just the people. If you want to get to where you say you want to go, don't forget about the land. This is why he says the land has an ancient anger. He says, speak to Mount Seir. Why? Because there is an ancient anger there. It's an ancient anger in that land because the inhabitants who were in that land were angry. And because they were angry because they sinned and because they killed people on that land, the the land itself has has absorbed the blood, absorbed the sin and the land needs to be healed too. And your mouth is going to be the reason that the land where you are is going to be healed. The, The land land needs healing too. The land needs healing too. Somebody say the place needs healing too. Sinful actions in Seir was a result of anger. Because Esau never healed emotionally, it led to an anger that led to a generational anger. So not only do the people of Seir need to be healed, but the land also needs to be healed as well. And if the land is not healed, it's going to help perpetuate the sin and the cycles that it has always perpetuated. Don't forget about the land. We think about healing people, but we never think about healing the soil. We always think about healing the people, but we never think about healing the soil. The soil needs healing too. This is why we say groundwork, do your own groundwork. Groundwork is doing what is necessary now in the early stages so that future growth future process progress is possible. We can't get to chapter 37 and speak to the bones and the bones come to life. We can't get to a point in our lives where we speak and people come to life. We can't cause people to come to life. We can't speak life to people if we don't do the groundwork and some of the ground in our lives is still ugly. Some of the ground in our lives is still burdened from something you've done or something you've experienced. And we need to plead the blood of Jesus over the place. Number one, and I'm almost done. In order for there to be a restoration of people, there there often always or there oftentimes need to be a restoration of places. Let me say it again. In order for there to be a restoration of people, there often needs to be a restoration of places. This is why God sends him there. He sends him because there's some land that needs to be dealt with before I get you to where I'm taking you. The second thing is this. The real process to healing is not just spiritual, it's not just physical, it's not just emotional, but it's also geographical. It's true, it's true. The true, the real process to healing. And you wonder why you can't seem to find healing don't forget the place where it took where it happened don't forget the location plead the blood of Jesus over that home that you were raised in. Plead the blood of Jesus over that old home, that old place. You know, I don't. God knows and God sees. That's why he sent Ezekiel. I know the people think I forgot. I know the people don't think I saw what they did in seer. I know the people don't think I saw how they shed the blood, but I want you to prophesy and I want you to chastise that place because that soil is burdened and that soil needs to be, healed. And some of us have some places in our lives, places, literal places, literal places that needs the blood of Jesus to be, just, just plead the blood of Jesus over it. The real process to healing is not just spiritual, not just physical, not just emotional, but it's geographical too. And the last thing you can't find healing for yourself and not find healing for the place where it occurred. What is it? I don't know. You can't find healing for yourself and not also seek healing for the place where it occurred. Some of us, we've been asking for forgiveness. We've been repenting for a lot of things, but you forgot to include the place This is a part of the groundwork. You might not like it, but it is necessary. Think about the places that you need to plead the blood of Jesus. Because healing is not just physical. It's not just spiritual or emotional, but it is a geographical. If my people, if they will humble themselves, if they will seek my face, if they would just call on me. And God says, I will hear them. I'll hear them from heaven. I'll forgive their sins. And then I'll come and heal their land. Mount Seir was an angry land. And it needed healing. And it needs healing. And you can't heal yourself if you don't also heal or seek healing for the place that carries the sin that you're asking for repentance for. Yeah, I know this is new. This is unfamiliar. You might think I'm talking out the side of my face, but this is necessary. He had a mute. You can't speak. But before he prophesied and did any of those fantastic things that we read about with Ezekiel, he was talking to the ground. He was talking to soil. If, you, if you're unwilling to talk to soil, if you're unwilling to speak to a place, if you're unwilling to bind and to ask for forgiveness for a location, how in the world are you going to speak to some dry bones? How in the world are you going to speak to depression? How in the world are you going to speak life over somebody and even yourself? Lord, we bless you. And God, we thank you for your word. It's in Jesus name. Amen. Be at peace, everybody see you here tomorrow, same time. Peace.